Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. John is on vacation this week. I'm here with Deborah Mark. We will talk about one of the top Southern California stories after the news at 3.30, and that's the lightning strike that killed a woman and her two dogs. At least that's what they believe happened in Pico Rivera this morning. As you are aware, we've been having this weird weather, this monsoonal type of moisture, and then lightning in the air and some showers. So... Corbin Carson's covering the story, and he'll give us an update on what we know coming up after 3.30. Your chance at winning $1,000 is coming back up in just about 15 minutes with the keyword. Now, the keyword, you go to KFIAM640.com, and you enter it into a link that's provided there. Do not send the keyword to any John and Ken email address. That is a dead end. Don't do that. Several people did that yesterday. This will probably be your last warning not to do that. Uh, we're now going to talk about, and you know, these just never seem to end, another a lawsuit over child sex abuse by a priest. That's the allegation of a man who is now 60 years old. This all is about a school in Anaheim, a Catholic all-boys school called Servite. And the priest in question is Father Kevin Fitzpatrick, who served there from 1970 to 1992, where after that he was transferred out couple of times, and then he died in 1997. Uh, he had several positions at the school, the swimming and water polo coach, and an algebra and religion teacher. We're now going to talk to the attorney for this 60-year-old man who says he was sexually abused by Fitzpatrick at the school back when he was a, a 13-year-old, a slight build. Attorney Michael Reck is going to explain exactly what the claim is here. And uh, as I mentioned before we uh, talked Last hour, they've named a huge, expensive $5.7 million 
aquatic center after Father Kevin Fitzpatrick, which also really teed off this this poor man. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael Reck. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Ken. All right. So give us what facts you can uh, from your client about this allegation. Sure. So, you know, what you're hearing about is a lawsuit that um, was filed yesterday. And in the lawsuit, the plaintiff, who's a survivor of this child sex assault, was abused by Father Kevin Fitzpatrick at Servite High School uh, between 1976 and 1980. Uh, he was able to bring that lawsuit under a new law in California that allows survivors of these assaults to bring cases no matter when it happened. And something triggered him, it looks like last year, huh? Yeah, very much so. So, you know, he's still a, a very brave gentleman who lives in the Southern California area and actually went into his old neighborhood um, and saw the facilities at Servite High School and saw the, you know, over-the-top um, adulation and praise that that institution is giving the perpetrator and saw his name and his face on the side of that state-of-the-art aquatic center that is used for children. And that really triggered him to now as an adult have the courage and the bravery to essentially say enough is enough. I have to talk about this. And he is the first person to come forward and allege this abuse publicly by Father Fitzpatrick. There were no previous allegations by anyone against Fitzpatrick, even though I mentioned that the mysterious transfers. So, you know, that's interesting that you raise that. The, the, there's a tactic that uh, the Catholic Church has used it, and these are their words. These are not my words. They call it the geographic solution, and that is that you move a perpetrator priest from one geographic area where he has abused into another. So, yes, we're investigating the pattern of movement of Father Fitzpatrick, but frankly, what scares me most about him is that he was at Servite High School for 22 years, and that institution has not reported his abuse. Now, I'll tell you that I'm not a part of Servite High School. I'm just a lawyer on the other side. And I'll tell you that in the last 24 hours, I've already been contacted by two additional survivors of Father Fitzpatrick. And that, to me, raises a public safety concern of epic proportions. Now, we don't know what they knew or when they knew it. We'll find it out in the lawsuit. But as of today, we don't know what they knew. There's also several other disturbing aspects to this case from your client. Now, he was 13 when he first encountered Fitzpatrick, but it looks like Fitzpatrick leveraged himself over the boy. Explain what this was about, something about a cheating on a test or something like that. Absolutely. So, you know, what we're seeing here is a boy who was about 13 years old, who was leveraged at his most vulnerable point. He was applying to enter the school and Father Fitzpatrick, as a result of, you know, essentially the boy copying a math answer on the exam, isolated him and threatened him with not being able to even attend the school. And under that duress and that leverage, he abused him for the first time. And then he ensured that boy would be enrolled in the school. 
and be available to Father Fitzpatrick for his abuses for the next several years. And apparently Fitzpatrick had some strange M.O. involving a barber's chair, is it being alleged? He had like a barber's chair <sighs> in his exactly, office. and yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what's alleged. And, 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 you know, look, I know this is the type of thing that, that you know, nightmares are made of. But we really got to ask the question of who the heck gives a priest an immovable barber chair and a room to isolate children in? You know, everybody knew that he did that. I've reviewed some of the yearbooks of the high school, and they talk about this. You know, what the heck is going on when uh, other supposedly responsible adults are allowing this type of, you know, creepy behavior? Yeah, exactly. So under the guise of uh, telling your client that he needed a haircut, he would bring him in and then sexually abuse him, huh? Exactly. You know, and, you know, what's what's really troubling is that, you know, and again, I got to say it, this brave survivor came forward and really, you know, broke this story. And some of the information that he shared is very, very compelling. You know, can you imagine as uh, being a grown man who gets your haircut periodically being triggered of yeah. sexual assault simply by sitting in a barber's chair? Yeah, that's really strange. It, uh, supposedly, he confronted Fitzpatrick some years ago, huh? Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, th those people who know about Servite High School will know it as one of those, you know, very strong insular communities, similar to the other big name Catholic schools around that are in the Trinity League that we know of, you know, the Servites, the modern days. And when he attended a, you know, a social event, essentially a, a cocktail party while he was in college, the perpetrator was there. And now we no longer have the 13-year-old boy of a slight build, but, a, you know, essentially a grown man who confronted him. And in that moment, Father Fitzpatrick, you know, shirked away and avoided the, uh, the, con the, the confrontation. So you think it's possible that we are going to see a lot more uh, claims of sex abuse by this priest because of your client coming forward with this story, which is kind of remarkable because the priest has been dead since 1997. It's been years since they opened up this aquatic center in his name. You think somebody would have been struck before now and said, hey, that's not right. You know, it's it's interesting because I, I don't do anything except represent survivors of childhood sex assault. It's all I've done for, for almost 20 years. And this is a dynamic that we see over and over with survivors who will hide in that guilt and in that secrecy and that shame until somebody really breaks the silence. And then there's an outpouring of this. You know, you see it with child sex assault cases. You see it with the, a lot of the Me Too cases that once one person knows hey, I'm not the only person this happened to, then it gives survivors a safe space to speak about this. And I mean, that's what I think we're seeing right now with just in the last 24 hours, the people responding to this. So, you know, in, in response to your question, are we going to see more survivors of Father Fitzpatrick file under this window? I think that's inevitable. And in terms of are we going to see other cases involving Servite High School? That's basically a guarantee. You know, Father Fitzpatrick is not the first perpetrator from that institution. We know of four other 
publicly acknowledged abusers who were priests who worked and lived at that facility in Anaheim. So I think that's uh, that's pretty much a given. And finally, your client is now 60 years old. It says that he's he did an interview with the Orange County Registry. He's unmarried. He's not had a really happy life, apparently, huh? Yeah, you know, that's a, a dynamic that, that we see, you know, often. And you never know exactly how survivors are going to react to this trauma. Some become, you know, very, very type A and very controlling and hyper successful. Many of them wrestle with you know, uh, emotional issues, and they self-medicate with drugs and alcohol, and they're, they have, you know, great difficulty with interpersonal relationships. Intimacy, physical or emotional, is very difficult, and that's what we see. And, you know, I'll, I'll share with you what this, this brave survivor said to me when, when I asked him, you know, what do you want me to do? He says, I, I want my childhood back. Um, and that's not something that, that, you know, I can do. But it's something that hopefully he can look at differently after he goes through this process, that there's an entire law and there are judges and lawyers who are doing this because his story is important and what happened to him is important. And if there's an acknowledgement you know, by the institution that allowed this to happen, that this was wrong and that it was not his fault, maybe he can heal. So maybe he doesn't get, you know his childhood back. But if he's 60 right now, maybe he gets the rest of his life back in peace. So that's, that's really, you know, kind of what it's about. And, you know, frankly, I think the first step there is, is what he asked for, which was essentially get this guy's image and his name off that building, for goodness sake. All right, Michael Reck, I appreciate you talking to me and send our best to your client. I, I absolutely will. I really appreciate your interest and your caring, and thank you so much. All right, that's Michael Reck, an attorney for a now 60-year-old man who says he was sexually abused by a priest at Servite High School. That's a Catholic all-boys school in Anaheim. This is a lawsuit against the Diocese of L.A., actually, because the Anaheim Diocese didn't come around until the mid-'70s. Uh, he was molested repeatedly for years by this priest who has been saluted by an aquatic center named after him. More coming up on the John and Ken Show, including that chance at $1,000 with the keyword. Coming up after 3.30, the lightning strike in Pico Rivera that apparently has killed a woman and two dogs will be the focus of our conversation with Corbin Carson from KFI News. After 4 o'clock, you're not going to believe this. We talked last hour about Proposition 13 and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. There is a new study out. We should probably ignore it, but it's worth a few laughs. Prop 13 is basically racist. Yeah, just add that to the list. The woke crowd has added Prop 13 that apparently it's done wrong by people of color. Well, anyway, John Kupal will be on the show at 4.05 talk about this ridiculous development. Fortunately, the story isn't getting a lot of play so far, but it just came out. You'll see. It'll be picked up by a lot of news agencies. Uh, Joe Biden today called on Congress to suspend the federal gasoline and diesel taxes until the end of September. Yeah, this is a really fascinating thing to watch. Politicians squirm, particularly those who don't want you driving a gas-driven car. They're really in a bind here because ideally this would force you to cut down on your gasoline car driving, and that's something that they want. But on the other hand, you may vote them out of office. It's not such a big issue in the state of California. 
because it doesn't seem to me doesn't seem to matter what happens here. The Democrats just keep winning re-election and even taking bigger majorities in Sacramento. And they pretty much they have all the statewide offices. I think we have a shot to be a treasurer might be a Republican this year, but I I don't know. But let's just focus on this story because it's about the federal gas tax. It's about 18 cents a gallon. Uh, Most follow this story, think it's probably not going to be approved by Congress. This is a move by Biden because he's seeing the poll numbers. They are dreadful. Nationwide, the country is aghast at $5 a gallon gasoline. Here in California, we're at six whatever, and we were approaching seven for a while. People are just numb to it, but it's become a real shock. And if they're going to hold on to the House of Representatives and that split they have in the U.S. Senate in November, they have to do something that makes them look like they're doing something, even though secretly they're like, this is good. Climate change, you know, is often propelled by people driving gas-driven cars. So we've got to do something to get people to cut down on that. And certainly high gas prices could do that in the long run. But the polls say, "Uh uh-uh, we may lose a lot of seats. So get out there and do something, old man. So he came out today and read from the teleprompter. He really is awful at that. You know, you think to have some sort of experience all these years as a politician, just kind of the way Reagan used to just snap, 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 read the teleprompter like he could memorize the next five lines and just look at the crowd, look far off and just repeat. whatever. But Biden just stares and squints. Uh, suspending the 18 cent gas tax for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief which is pretty minimal. I mean, the California state gas tax is like 53 cents. These two together would get you up there and might make a difference, but that's not going to happen in California. There's just no way. Biden even asked states to do the same thing and suspend their state gas taxes. I think four of them are, are doing it right now with no negative results. Looks like the prices came down a bit in those states, but California is not going to be one of them. And they say the same thing. What about the roads? If we cut the state gas tax, the roads won't get repaired. Are you kidding me? Nobody's repairing the roads. You just suck that money up into the big, powerful sinkhole of spending in Sacramento. All right, coming up next, lightning. It's rare, but there was a lot of lightning overnight in Southern California. And apparently this morning, it took the life of a woman and her two dogs in Pico Rivera, We'll talk about it next. John and Ken show on KFI. I'll be joined by John Kupal from the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association after four o'clock. A brand new study, which must be instantly debunked. Prop 13 is racist. Well, everything is, I guess. I will talk to John after the news. Don't forget the moist line is coming back around on Friday. You can leave a message with the talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. It's a little microphone or you can... Call up the toll-free number. It's always there for you. 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Let's bring on Corbin Carson from KFI News now. And this is a big story about midday today. We had 3,700 lightning strikes recorded in the region overnight with this weird weather that is passing through. And apparently it took the life of a woman and her dogs in Pico Rivera. Let's find out more from Corbin 
Yeah, so thousands of lightning strikes that reported this morning. And, you know, if you were out and about, this it was quite a show. So it was definitely something everyone could see. Uh, the sheriff's department says they got a call about a dead body on a path near San Gabriel River. Deputies say the woman was walking this morning just before 9 uh, near Mines and Rimbank Road. I caught up with Pico Rivera's city manager, Steve Carmona, who says he went down to get a look at the scene. We were notified this morning uh, by our captain of our sheriff's department that there was uh, a female uh, that was struck by lightning uh, along with her two dogs. Uh, it appears that uh, lightning did hit the area. We noticed displaced concrete throughout the area. Of course, the deceased person uh, on the pathway as long as her two dogs. It's a very tragic and unfortunate situation. Uh, as a result, uh, I've um, uh, directed all staff to be indoors, uh, canceled uh, public activities, including our farmer's market, shut down our golf course as a precaution. And then so I asked about that displaced concrete. I don't know if you heard that right there. And apparently, mm -hmm. the if you can imagine the force it takes to, to break up and, and, and displace some uh, concrete, this lightning strike hit the path, exploded the concrete. Investigators are not sure if it was a direct hit or if just being in the vicinity of this explosion is what killed the woman. But I was told the woman was found on the pathway while the dogs were found somewhat off the pathway. Again, sort of painting this picture of an explosion that's in everything except the woman sort of flying away from the epicenter. But I suppose the silver lining is, is we're hearing that the death was instantaneous. They're not identifying her yet at all? They don't know anything further? No, so far all we've heard is that this was a woman uh, maybe in her early 50s and, uh, you know, she was. they tried to do CPR, but again, um, th that the death was inst instantaneous. I, I, I did ask some more uh, from, from the city manager just, uh, you know, how the city is reeling, how the city is handling something like this and just how rare this is. As always, uh, with this type of activity, you know, be safe, uh, be careful, be mindful of the fact that there's a lot of this uh, occurrence happening uh, in the air. There's lightning strikes throughout the region. Uh, stay indoors as much as you can and just, just be careful. It's extremely aware. We cannot uh, think of any time this has happened. Uh, first in this immediate area, not too sure region-wide, um, but it's definitely a very rare occurrence. Uh, they always say it's a one in, in a million chance. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it did happen today. So I checked with uh, the National Weather Service on some of their most recent storm data from 2019. It shows over the last 30 years, the U.S. has averaged about 43 lightning fatalities per year. More recently, in the last 10 years, uh, that the U.S. has averaged 27 lightning fatalities. Now, only about 10% of people who are struck by lightning are killed, leaving 90% uh, with various degrees of disability. Uh, you know, a lightning strike, again, according to this data, can result in cardiac arrest. That's when, you know, the heart stops. At the time of the injury, although some uh, victims may appear to have a delayed death a few days later if they are resuscitated, but then they're suffering from irreversible uh, brain damage. And just, again, some of those other stats, uh, the average number of deaths per year, again, I mentioned 27, 270 people struck. The odds of being struck in a given year are 1 and 1 point. 2,222,000, uh, I don't know if I said that wrong, 1.2 million, uh, mm -hmm. and then the odds of being struck in your lifetime, 1 in 15,000, which is a bit uh, shorter than uh, that I thought, and finally, the odds you will be affected by someone struck, uh, someone you know, basically, is 1 in uh, 1,500. So it, it sounds rare, but I mean, when you're talking 43 or 27 deaths a year, maybe not so rare. 
nobody witnessed this. I mean, this San Gabriel River bike path has to be, it's 9 a.m., kind of be busy. I realize there was weather that might have driven people indoors, but you would think somebody might have been around to see her go down, but I guess yeah, not, yeah, no. huh? Yeah, no witnesses. Uh, there were some people that lived nearby that reported that, you know, they heard some things about that. But the first person that was uh, along the path to see it is the one who called just some people who lived in the area. And uh, yeah, no one around to witness it. Freakish. All right. We thank you very much, Corbin, for that update. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks. All right. Corbin Carson from KFI News covering the uh, it. I, I remember that it says here the last time this happened, a lightning fatality in Southern California was in 2014 when a 20-year-old male was struck and killed. I, I remember something happened. Was it the beach in Venice? I'm trying to remember what year that was. I remember us talking about it. There was some sort of summer we had where there were lightning strikes. And, of course, people who were in the water or close to the water are particularly uh, vulnerable to getting hit by something like that. But this is really bizarre, really unusual. All right, we got more coming up on the John and Ken Show and Deborah Mark, we have an animal story update from yesterday. Ooh, an update. Well, remember the little spider monkey that was wearing the bulletproof vest who got killed or in a narco shootout with police in Mexico? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you'll find the update a little heartwarming. Oh. That could happen. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it coming up here on the John and Ken Show on KFI. We actually did hear from a listener who was struck by lightning. Apparently, he was at home and he was working on his... Uh, new tv and he saw a flash at the window and he got a nasty shock in the hand because he was holding one of the uh one of the uh, uh <clears throat> parts to the tv and this morning no this happened years ago ah. uh, i was left with a small black burn hole in one finger that took a long time to heal if i'd been a few seconds sooner doing what i was doing i would have felt nothing if i'd been a few seconds later i would have had a blown out tv <clears throat> so Ooh. Yeah, they used to say that don't be like on the telephone. I used to hear that when I yeah. was a kid with lightning storms. Don't be on some sort of electronical device or something like that. So, uh, And we did find out that it was a 2014 uh, strike in uh, Venice. 13 people were injured and one man died, a 20-year-old man uh, at Venice Beach in the year 2014. Um, Okay, let's, uh, oh yeah, coming up after four o'clock, we'll be talking to John Kupal from the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. If you can believe it, well, you can. It's the state of California. Uh, there is a new study out that says Proposition 13 is racist. So, uh, yeah, that's right. It, it discriminates in favor of the white, wealthy, privileged people. I don't know. I thought it applied to everyone in the state to get a break on their ever escalating property taxes, which is what was happening in the 70s, driving especially poor people out of their homes. But we'll dig into this with John Kupal after the news at four o'clock. We mentioned yesterday that uh, there was a sad animal story for Deborah Mark, and it concerned a little spider monkey. That I don't think that was found among a bunch of dead bodies after a... Uh, narcotics shootout in Mexico between the police and this uh, drug gang called La Familia uh, Micho Michoacana. Anyway, it's a notorious cartel in Mexico. Um, this happened on June 14th. There was a standoff between state security forces and an organized criminal group in this Mexican town. And it did leave a, a number of people dead, uh, 11 dead, three injured, seven arrested. 
they took uh, photos of the bloody scene. They began to circulate online. And uh, it was noticed that on top of one of the dead man's bodies was a little spider monkey wearing a tiny bulletproof vest. Which obviously didn't help. Obviously didn't help. And it looks like it's hugging the dead guy. I guess trying to hold on for dear life. Oh. When all the noise oh, of all the shooting. Oh, sad. Yeah, well, the update is it's getting quite the tributes. Apparently very popular on Twitter. Tributes are pouring in. They've named the little primate El Chango, which means the primate in Spanish. That's cute. They're also calling it the Sicario monkey. Um, uh, people are, I guess we have some audio of some of, the, there's a song too that they've done. Yeah, there's a tribute song. It's in Spanish. Let's hear the tribute song. Es una vida muy corta. El chango no le tocaba. Alguien le robó su historia porque el vino a triunfar. We had mentioned yesterday that a lot of the drug cartel guys like to have mascots. And it's usually exotic animals. Uh, Spider monkey, we mentioned that some had Bengal tigers. This group, uh, this particular one, this La Familia, is regarded as one of the country's top meth exporters. It emerged in the 1980s after splitting up from the Gulf Cartel, one of Mexico's oldest criminal organizations. It's known for brutal tactics. You want to hear one, Deborah Mark? A brutal tactic. Uh, do I have because a choice? <laughs> remember, when you do this, you're trying to intimidate the opposition. You're trying to send a message that if you cross us, this is what could happen to you. So what they did at a nightclub in 2006 while people were on the dance floor, they tossed a bunch of severed heads out. Oh, God. There you go. Dance to that. <laughs> Apparently, the group has been in decline, though. The leader died in 2014. There was infighting, but they still are known for getting involved in some violent acts. In March of last year, they're responsible for an ambush that killed over a dozen police officers. But um, I guess people were struck by little El Chango. Well, they should be, the poor little guy. I mean, come on. He was protected and everything. Obviously not very, it wasn't well protected with his little vest, but yeah. it's touching. Really An is. innocent that was killed in the crossfire. So people, I guess, have accepted that there's lots of drug cartel violence in that country. But when it takes the life of an innocent little monkey. Oh, yeah. One of the lyrics says, "In it's such a short life and it wasn't the monkey's turn to die. Someone stole his story because he came here to triumph and shine in so many things. The song laments... The little guy is on his way to heaven, but he left us with his legacy. Although it says here it's unclear what the legacy is, but <clears throat> apparently this is something that people have done in that country before. They have come up with tributes. I don't know whether it's always to animals that are killed in these narcotics fights or people or what, but uh, it's become part of the legend. And they're not uh, killed for doing that? Uh, oh, for, for yes. putting together a yes. tribute to a... yeah. And singing a song about this poor monkey. I hope they're in hiding, those people. Well, this was a shootout between the police and this uh, Mexican drug gang. So it's possible that the police killed the monkey. Hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, you're inside there hanging out with the cartel. You better escape or uh, take your chances. And El Chango went down, bulletproof vest or not. All right, there's a lot to come in the 4 o'clock hour. 
But we'll begin with a strange one, and we've encountered many strange stories here on the John and Ken Show. But in this era of the woke, apparently it has become a thing to put out studies and reports that refer to anything that's been around for a long time and they don't believe is any good as racist. The latest is Proposition 13, passed by the voters in the 1970s to give us property tax relief, is being called just that in this new study, that it favors white, wealthy homeowners at the expense of people of color. John Kupal from the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association will join me next. Johnny Kent Show on KFI AM 640. And we have uh, news now from Deborah Mark in the KFI 24-Hour News Center. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 